Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. So this has become our introduction, and I love it because Palmer is part of the group that has sang this song. But if you'd like a new introduction, ladies and gentlemen, I give it to you. If you want us to have a new introduction, we are open to a new introduction after five years here at Seth and Sean, because right now we need some help. So Seth and Sean, NFL preview for real this time, because I thought it was last week and we switched gears and went to fantasy football. Sean has, myself, the third person, has his first fantasy draft at 8.30. Seth has to book Jake to bed at 8 o'clock. So we're going to go through our NFL preview. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. This is the most tired and wired duo you will find on the planet tonight. I got, I'm on one hour of sleep. I think Seth's on like three or four. But we're ready to deal one hour NFL. First of all, Seth, I must congratulate before we start, your Terrapins on, first of all, a very classy move on the first play of the game and, and going 10 instead of 11. And number two, beating Texas at home for the second straight year beating Texas to start the year. An upset in the making. I'm not sure you can continue the streak, but certainly for one game, you guys are in the talk of the town in the NCAA. It, it, it was nice. Good to see everybody tonight. Uh, listen, everybody tonight. Yeah, as you can hear how tired I am. Um, yeah, so during the show, I'll, well, we'll do a normal hour show. I will take a five-minute hiatus to put my lunatic son to bed and probably feed my one-month-old while I'm watching the U.S. Open. Um, we look good. And the thing that people forget is we've had two, as Jakey screeches, we've had two top 20 recruiting classes over the last two years. So they're unlike in part, there is talent on this team. There is talent on this team. So they play Bowling Green next week. Then they play Minnesota. They play, I think it's a low division one. And, uh, and then they play um, Minnesota. They have a chance to be four. No, look, they're not going to be a nine and three team. I get that. But we, we can go seven and five in a year like this. I think that'd be great. I don't have high expectations. I never really do for the for Maryland ten, Maryland football season. Maryland tennis season. If Maryland, um, okay, so if Maryland if Maryland goes seven and five, and then we'll get to the NFL. If Maryland goes seven and five, does your interim coach become your head coach? Yes. Yes. Look, Canada what is the mid, been, what is, He's been he's been a coordinator, you know, for ten or twelve years. Although it's his first year with Maryland. His offenses have done relatively well. He can recruit. And if you look, you, Urban Meyer is not leaving Ohio State if he gets forced out. Thank you, Jake, to to come to College Park. So what would we be looking at? They're not going to keep Durkin after what happened. And it's a hard situation because I don't think what he did what he did is any different than what most college coaches do. Um. And it seems like he has a lot of backing from everybody for the most part, except for the president who's selling him out to save his own skin. Um, 
So, well, hold on. So, so let's touch upon this. Number one, if Urban Meyer gets fired, I don't think he's going anywhere. I really don't. I, I think he's no, done. He, he, he's going to be Rick Pitino. At least, at least for the foreseeable future, I think he's done. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, yes, this happens at every school. You ride the guys hard. I, I don't disagree with that part happening at every school. Not every school has a death. Not every school basically has a cover-up to said death. And not every school comes out and says, we didn't do anything wrong until they're basically put their feet to the fire and then, oh, yeah, we did, two months later. Well, that was, that's so, the president's fault. There have been 27 no. deaths in college football over the last 10 years. Hold on, Seth, that's not the president's fault. The president didn't, didn't wait till two months after to come out and talk about it. The president should have put an investigation on the second it started. But the coach could have come out the next day and talked. No, no, no. The coach could have come out the next day without any investigation and said, you know what? We didn't, we didn't hit this at the time that we needed to hit this. And that part, that distinguishing part is different than most other colleges. When there is a death, there is a statement made at that time that says all of the facts. That did not happen here. This was basically try, This was an attempt to make it less than what it was until it wasn't. The cover-up and is who always you, worse than the crime, Seth. The cover-up I is agree. always worse than the crime. I agree. And so, so look, Durkin's not going to survive this. And no way. Neither is the president, and neither is the athletic director, who ironically had been at the job for about a month. When, 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 he, when this happened. And it's interesting because I know that the basketball coach, Mark Turgeon, is under heavy pressure to, see, to win this year, or he could be out. So you could, have been, you could be looking at such an enormous turmoil within the Maryland Athletic Department. That's why I think this win was so gratifying, because you really have no idea going forward what you're looking at, and no one really thought that they were going to win this game. Um, and look, at the end of the day, you root for the player. You root for the school because you went to the school. You root for the players because the players look—they lost a friend, they lost a teammate. Um, you know, it's not their fault that this happened. And you know, they've been while because they've been on, they have not been allowed to speak for the press. They've been kind of—they've been, I think, a little bit unfairly maligned as well. You certainly can't blame the players for what happened. Um. And now we see what happens. Look, the better the team does, the more publicity this is going to get. And that's fine. Look, a guy died. There should be publicity. There should be, there should be consequences for this. It's a, damn, it's a bleeping tragedy. Um, and there's go, you know, you're going to have pretty much the entire administration. You know, Wallace Lowe is going to be fired. Damon Evans is going to probably be or Russell is going to retire. Damon Evans is going to probably be fired. And DJ Durkin is probably going to negotiate something where they both walk away. And there's nothing else. What else are you going to do? You're going to put him on, you're going to put him on probation. It's freaking Maryland. It's not like they're going to the BCS any, or the, to the playoff anytime in the near future. So, I mean, look, if it can strengthen no, the rules, 
and, I, and I don't think you're going. I don't think you're going to see probation. I don't think you're going to see suspension. I don't. It wasn't an NCAA well, Durkin's on, academic Durkin's on, thing. Durkin's on indefinite leave. No, no, no. Durkin's I mean, in, team what? Hold on. I mean, team wise, I don't think you're going to see Maryland suspended for bowl games because of this. I don't think you're no, going to see Maryland as a program. Well, you just said there may be a suspension, but they're Maryland. Well, no, my no, take no. on I, that I, was, I was the suspension. Hypo- I was just hypothesizing as we spoke. That's all. Okay. Um, but no, I, I, I don't see any. I don't see anything like that happening. But you know, my whole and the problem is any regulations that are instituted because of it are not going to be taken seriously because it's the NCAA. Nobody takes them seriously, unfortunately. Um, um, you know, they, there's there's a new law there's a new lawsuit out right now that just came down the pipe that went to the Ninth Circuit. Um, I'm sorry, that went to the lower courts in California. They're actually the same court that heard the Ed O'Bannon case, and that is whether players should be capped at their um, at their college expense or whether they should get more money. It will, again, put the NCAA on trial. I think the NCAA being on trial is a good thing. I, look, college football and college basketball, the way that you and I, Seth, knew it 20 years ago, and we graduated 20 years ago, will never be the same. It's not going to be the same today. It's not going to be the same in a year. It's not going to be the same in five years. It's not going to be the same as what it was. That, to me, is a good thing. The, anything that comes out of this is a good thing. Because this is a tragedy. It should never happen again. At the, when this happened in the NFL with Corey Stringer, more things were implemented. It was collectively bargained, but more things were implemented. In this case, there doesn't need to be a collective bargaining agreement. The NCAA needs to put their foot down and say this tragedy needs to spark reform. Period. End of story. Whether that happens or not, I guess we'll see. Okay, so we're 10 minutes in. I think we need to start the NFL preview because we do have to get through all the divisions and the playoffs and our choices for MVP and whatnot. And you have a, a bedtime at 8 o'clock, and I have a draft at 8.30. So let's get rolling. Just means I take a three-minute three hiatus, that's all. So Look, a three-minute hiatus. We'll get to – we, we, we lose you for three out of the 60 minutes. This is a big deal here. So the, <laughs> the question is, who is coming in second in the AFC East? It seems like every single time we do an NFL preview, we start with the AFC East because we know that the Patriots are going to be number one. Who is coming in second of the three maligned teams? And the best thing that I can say for my New York football Jets is, and I know we say New York Football Giants, that's why I went to New York Football Jets, is the fact that they get to play to these teams twice. So who do you believe is coming in second in the AFC East? I think it's the Jets. As do I. I look, I look at Miami, and they are, a, they are a dumpster fire, it seems. Um, I do. They lose their best defensive. They lose their best offensive player in Landry. They it, they lose. I mean, Sue was was kind of a bust there anyway. I have no confidence in Tannehill. Adam Gase, who suddenly has gone from being the you know 
you know, everybody's, you know, hot new coach to really, I wouldn't say quite on the firing squad yet, but certainly not in the best of, best of places. Um, I think that they take a step back. I don't love their running game. I don't love their quarterback. I don't love their wideouts. I don't love anything about them. I look at Buffalo. You know, Buffalo goes to the playoffs last year for the first time in 16 years. Thank you, Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd. And they draft a quarterback who doesn't seem to be anywhere close to being ready to start. Their running back could be in jail. They have no wideouts, other than Kelvin Benjamin, who's gone progressively downhill since the first year. And they're pretty much rebuilding. So you look at the Jets, and I mean, I don't, I don't see them as a playoff threat, but I see them as a kind of a seven and nine, you know, yeah, I think seven and nine team, and they got, they have no pass rush, but they have, they have, they got, they got Donald, they have some wideouts, and they're going to play hard because they want Bulls. To, I think they like Bulls, and I think they want him to keep his job, and it's going to be a win now. Kind of year, so I'd probably say something so like the Eagles win. at eleven five, twelve and four, Jets at seven and nine, and Miami and Buffalo at six and ten, five and eleven respectively. Okay, so Sam Darnold is is starting, not Josh McCown. That was announced yesterday. So I'm not sure a yeah. win now scenario really comes into play when you're starting the youngest quarterback in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Understood, and that well, that's a fact. If this is so, I agree in theory, but this is what Bulls really signed up for coming when they retired this year. They kind of said it, it was going to be winner else, which is an extraordinarily unfair position considering the talent pool stinks. Okay, so so let's talk about this. I agree with you. I agree that of the skill position players, the Jets have the have one of the five worst skill position sets in the NFL. Like, if you look at their, their wide receivers, their top wide receiver is Robbie Anderson, who may be suspended for a couple of games. You have their running back is Isaiah Crowell, who got dumped by the Browns. Now, granted, I think he's a little bit better of a runner than the Browns were allowing him last year. And your quarterback is, as I said before, the youngest quarterback in the history of the NFL. But I still think they go 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they're a 500 team. They play the, NFC, the AFC Central. They have the Browns on their schedule. I think they go 8-8. Eight eight. I think the Patriots, 12-4, and four, win the division handily. You know, I hate saying it. I hate thinking it. I hate looking and watching the Patriots every year carve up the AFC East. But they're going to do it again. They're go- and it's not because they are the best team in this, in this league. I, I don't Talent-wise, this is the worst Patriots team you have seen in the last 15 years. But the rest of the division is chunk change. I have the Dolphins at 6-10, and 10, and the Bills take a major step back at 3-13. and 13. When you were starting Nate Peterson and then maybe Josh Allen later in the year, and your wide receivers are junk, your running back, like you said, is in, maybe in jail. You may have worse position players than the Jets, which is saying a whole lot. But I think the Jets do go 8-8, eight and eight, and I think Sam Darnold's the, the rookie of the year. 
because he's going to play every game. I don't think they will bench him one game unless he gets hurt. I don't think McCown takes one snap this year unless Darnold gets hurt. And by the way, I thank you very much for my 2019 backup quarterback, one Davis Webb. Do you want to talk about that now or when, the, when we get to the Giants? Because I'm ready either way. Only until we get to the Giants. Okay. So let's go down the NFC North. <laughs> Do we agree that the Browns are still going to be in last place? I think they don't yes. lose. I don't think they lose 15 games. I, I don't think they go one and 15. I think they take a couple of more wins and they go three and 13. I put them around that three and 13, four and 12. I don't know if it's enough for Hugh Jackson to keep his job though. At a certain point, being five and 40 is, is not a way to go to code animal house. It's not a way to go through life. And <laughs> there you go. You can be as optimistic and as good an offensive coordinator as you want. The talent may stink, but you've been coaching for three years, and you at that point. So right now he's one and thirty-one. So if I have them at four and twelve, they would be five and forty-three. Yep. That's not that's that's lower than most of the Mets' batting averages. It's almost at Degrom's ERA. <laughs> uh, one sixty-one. Guy's going to win the Cy Young, though. Watch it. Okay, there you go. Uh, I believe, I believe uh, above the Browns is the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Your favorite and my favorite one, Joe Flacco. Oh, oh good Lord. I think he is. I think he is the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I think it's between him and Andrew Luck. And why would you pick the guy who's, as a Comeback Player of the Year, who's coming back from stinking as opposed to coming back from being injured? Because if Flacco leads them to 8-8 eight and eight and puts up 3,500 yards, he's your comeback player of the year, stinking or otherwise. I don't think the Colts are going to sniff playoff contention. And at 8-8, eight and eight, the Ravens are at least somewhat in it. So I agree with I, got the I agree with you with the Ravens in third. You're Cincy in second. I have Cincy in second at ten and six. Uh, the redheaded Andy Dalton once again survives another year by making the playoffs. You know, every year we wait for Andy Dalton to be replaced, <coughs> and every year he gets them to the playoffs. He may not get them past the first round, but he gets them there. And at eight, I heard at ten Webb and six. Available. Well, you can sign him off the practice squad from the Jets. We got him for now. And then at 11-5 is the Steelers. Um, Le'Veon Bell or no Le'Veon Bell in game one. He will be there by game three by the end of September. Lord, I hope he's there at game one. For I hope he reports tomorrow for all intents and purposes for Seth and Mike's fantasy sports team, fantasy football team. But I have the Steelers at 11-5. and five. And I think Roethlisberger is going to have the best year of his career. It's funny. I read that somewhere else where someone picked him to win MVP. Um, I don't buy it. I think Pittsburgh, I do think Pittsburgh agree. I mean, I agree with the order. The only, I mean, the only real argument I think anyone really has 
is Baltimore and Cincy between two and three. I have Cincy at nine and seven. Baltimore at seven nine. Jim Har- John Harbaugh, who I think is a very good coach, is fire- gets fired. You think he gets fired uh, at eight and eight or somewhere around that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, he has. They haven't made the playoffs in three years, four years. I think this. I talk about a winner else situation. Plus, you have a new. You're going to have a new GM coming in with Ozzy out. Even if it's even if it's uh, it's uh, Eric DaCosta who's been there forever. It's time if they can't make it with this team, and I don't know if they can. To be perfectly honest, I I, I, don't, I have a little bit less confidence in the defense than most people do, um, and I have you know my confidence in Flacco. Um, I, I think I think it's time. He's had a very good 11 year run, 12 year run. So I, I think he's gone after this year. Is this Flacco's uh, last year? The show at seven thirty. Dogs barking, babies crying, and Jake is throwing things. Is this oh, Flacco, God, I need is this a drink. Flacco's last year? Is this Flacco's last year in Baltimore as well? They can cut him next year with no guaranteed money. I believe so. Although I will not be surprised if their quarterback next year is Robert Griffin the third. Really? Not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So people so are in order talking for that to happen. So in order for that to happen, Flacco really needs to be benched this year. Sorry, I'm okay. Crying you, can hear, you can hear in the background. So in order for that to happen, in my opinion, Joe Flacco has to be benched this year for RG3. I don't think RG3 can come into camp next year as your number one if he doesn't play a lot this year and prove that he can stay if, healthy. If Baltimore is 3-6 and six or 4-7 and seven or something along those lines, what's the point of playing Flacco at that point? Well, let me ask you, you this. Play- what's the point in playing RG3? Why not put in the rookie at that point? Because apparently they're thinking the rookie is not is much further. I was listening to. Yes, Jake, it's gross. I was listening to one of the shows this morning on uh, what do you call it, Serious NFL, and they were saying that actually they think Jackson is much further away than they anticipated. So. Okay. All right, so let's move on to the AFC South. Um, I have the Colts at three and thirteen. I don't think they win more than three or four games. I have them really, really bad. Uh, aside from Andrew Locke and T.Y. Hilton, I don't see much on that offense whatsoever. Uh, you have Jack Doyle, who's reliable, but their running game is a travesty. Their line has always been a travesty. And if I'm Andrew Locke, I might want to learn to run a little bit better before slide before getting behind that offensive line. Three and thirteen for the Colts and finishing last. No real argument. Um, I think they're a terrible team. Um, I, I think they have no. They're the only player above average that I can think of on their team is Andrew Locke. Well, T.Y. Hilton's above average. He's above average, but he's. A, I think he's been a vastly overrated player. And, you know, people are rating him in the top 10 wideouts in the game. I don't see it. He was terrible last year when they, were, they needed him as a leader. He couldn't do it. 
So I, I think the team is going absolutely nowhere. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Four and twelve, five and eleven. If that, to me, they could be the worst. Okay, team I got. This year. Yeah, I got the Titans at Titans at eight and eight. Uh, I think Mariota comes back and has a strong year enough that they that they pick they have they keep him for the. This is a this is a make or break year for Marcus Mariota in my opinion because they have continually changed coordinators to try and fit him instead of changing the quarterback to fit the cord, coordinator. So this is his third coordinator. He has Mike Vrabel as his coach. I think this is a make or break, and I think he I think he does well in in this system. I I I don't think they have the skill positions to go. Further than eight and eight, I don't like many of their wide receivers. So uh, eight and eight, just five hundred on this team. Well, I think you also have to look at the division, and you know, division which has been so weak for so long, and it's a good, it's a good division now. Yeah. So I agree with you on the order. I have Jacksonville second at nine and seven, and I have Houston, Houston at ten and six. Their defense is okay, so defense is good. Their running back. The, the key is can will can Deontay Foreman or Lamar Miller give them any running game whatsoever? Can the line protect Deshaun Watson? Well, I think I, it's the, I think it's the I, Seth. I think it's the latter rather than the former. Can the line protect Deshaun Watson? Because that line is awful. I mean, that's what got him killed in the first killed. Sorry. That's what got him hurt in the first place is that he was running around. So, yeah. I mean, he, he, so if I'm, picking, if I'm picking here, I'm picking both teams finish at 11-5. and five. Jacksonville and the Texans finish at 11-5. and five. And you know what? I'm not picking a tiebreaker. It just, it'll be what it is. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go that far with regards to that. So let's get through the AFC West, and then you'll take a little break and put Jakey to bed. So, yep. Again, I will pick the Broncos. This was my pick last year. I will pick, and look, I, I hit this right on the nose. I don't mind patting myself on the back every once in a while. Lord knows enough that I screw it up. I picked the Broncos to be in last place last year. I'll do it again. 5-11 and 11 for this team. Let me ask you this. How many games do you believe Case Keenum will start this year? I think he's going to start the whole season. Okay. There's- so you don't, you don't think he's going to be benched at any time? You think that he is going to be a no. successful quarterback with this team? I think it's more there's – who are you going to put in? Are you going to put in Chad Kelly? Yeah. I mean, there's – no, I don't see it. Also, I'm wondering if Elway is playing, starting to GM for his job at this point. And you're going to give Keenum any chance to succeed. Keenum has – I think it de- the offense is not terrible. Their wideouts are still good. Plus, they brought in Cortland Sutton, who's a solid, who's going to be a good receiver. Their running backs, I don't, you know, we don't know what to take it, make out of Royce Freeman yet. But everyone, he's got upside. <laughs> I think Keenum's going to do okay. I don't think the team is going anywhere. I think Vance Joseph is going to be fired after this year. He may be the first one out. But is Case, and I agree Keenum, with you. Is, Case Keenum, is Case Keenum one of your guys that we should be looking for tomorrow night? A solid yes, quarterback? But, yes, but only because of the way we draft quarterbacks. Right. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. So he's not. So he's a top twenty quarterback. That's it. He, he, he's in that fifteen to fifteen to twenty range this year. I, I, I believe it or not, he's one of those guys I want to target tomorrow. Because if nothing else, the wide receivers on that team are solid. They will catch the ball. Yeah. He, he, he may not be able to outscore the teams, but he's certainly going to try. So I, I like Case Keenan tomorrow night. And, okay, so number two, and, and Kylie Mack being traded really shut the Raiders down for me. I got them at 6-10. I got them at 6-10. and 10. Them and the Broncos, both 5-11, and 6-10, and, and them – pretty much tied for last place, taking a major step back. Um, John Gruden didn't come back for this. Believe it or not, I don't really hate the trade from the Raiders' point of view, but it really depends on how they draft and what they do with that extra $20 million that they now have in their coffers. Have you seen their last 10 first-round picks? Yes, I have. Horrified. Yes, but how many of them were drafted trade, by John Gruden? Trading, look, you're, tra- you're trading them to get – you're trading, making this trade to get two first-round picks to get Khalil Mack. A Kylie Mack. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. I know, I know the theory. I know the theory. I, and like I said, I don't hate the trade. I don't love the trade, but I don't hate the trade. So do you have the Raiders next as well? Yes, I do. Okay. Then I have both the Chiefs and the Chargers. I'm liking the ties this year. I have the Chiefs and the Chargers both at 10 and 6 at the top of the division. Okay, I have the Chiefs at 9 and 7. I have the Chargers at 11 and 5. Okay. Um, So, all right. So, why don't you take a little break here and go put Jakey to bed? Uh, I'll continue on to the NFC East because we know we love to talk about your Giants when you're not around. So, okay. Uh, back head up. All right. Okay. So, Seth's going to put Jakey to bed. Uh, Jakey is our third wheel on the Seth and Sean and Jake uh, sports radio show. Jake being the two-year-old son of Seth and Carly. Uh, we're here at the top of the hour, 8 o'clock. we got a half hour more to go. And we are running down the NFL divisional picks. So, we hit it just right at 8 o'clock at the top of the hour where we move on to the NFC. The NFC is an interesting division because I don't like any of these teams. It's, it's the first division where I think the Eagles take a little step back. They were, aside from Carson Wentz, they were very healthy last year. Already they have injury problems with Ashlon Jeffrey. Last year they had... <laughs> some running back problems, but they got J.H.I. I, nobody ever repeats in this division. Since 2005, nobody has repeated. It's an amazing statistic. So here's something out of left field. I like the Cowboys. It's shocking because their wide receivers are garbage. Their quarterback has nobody to throw to. Their tight end is garbage but they have the best running back in the NFC. They do. As a runner, Ezekiel Elliott, best running back in the NFC. Better than David Johnson. Might be the best pure – better than Todd Gurley as a pure runner. And they have a hell of an offensive line. Depending on when Travis Frederick comes back, I think they win the division at 10-6. and six. 
that defense is going to be great. I don't say this very often about the Cowboys and greatness because I'm not a Jerry Jones fan. I don't like to prop them up. But I think they win the division at 10-6. and six. I think the Eagles take a little step back, maybe making the playoffs, maybe not, because this whole division is basically clumped up, and they all play each other, as usual. The Eagles finish at 9-7 and seven or 10-6, and six, probably 9-7. and seven. Wentz comes back week three. That's my prediction, week three or week four. Uh, the Redskins are the Redskins. They're mediocre all the time. They have no running game. Well, Adrian Peterson, maybe. Alex Smith, I think, will have a big year in that offense. And look at Jamison Crowder. I think I said this last week on the, on the fantasy football preview. Alex Smith loves throwing the ball. And throwing the ball to a guy like Jamison Crowder or a guy like um, tight end Jordan – I can't remember the last name of the guy who plays tight end for them. I'll have to wait for Seth to come back. Uh, the off-injured guy that plays tight end for them, Jordan something or another. I think that is 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the Giants are 5-11. and 11. The Giants are just bad. Like, Saquon Barkley cannot rescue this team. Odell Beckham, excellent player. Offensive line, still going to struggle. Yeah, they got Nate Soldier to play left tackle. But Nate Soldier was an average left tackle that got paid all pro money. Average left tackle to protect Eli Manning's blind side. Eli Manning is still 37 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Still 37. So I really so Cowboys at ten and six. Eagles at nine and seven. Redskins at eight and eight. Giants at 4-12. and 12. I don't think they take a step up. I think they take a step back. And I'm waiting for Seth to come back because Seth and I talked off the air a little bit about the Davis Webb situation and how he thoroughly believes that if Davis Webb wasn't the answer, that they should have picked Sam Darnold to Josh Rosen with the number two pick in the, bat, in the draft and let Saquon Barkley go. And I'm not sure he's wrong with that assumption. But my question is, did they know back in, Ju- in May that this is the way it was going to play out? Is this what they saw last year? They obviously kept them in camp. They drafted another quarterback this year, the third-round pick. So I'm interested in where Seth sees the Giants' future because when you're going 5-11 and or 4-12 and again, I think Pat Shermer's – Stays. I think David Gettleman stays. But you have to look at them and say, wow, this is not what we signed up for. We had the number two pick. We had Willie Hernandez in the second round out of UTEP, a quality guard. We were supposed to pick, we were supposed to change the culture with offensive line, and we just were unable to do it. So, have we been that, talking about the Giants selection. the entire time? Uh, no, so so my predictions, just so you know, are the Cowboys winning this division at ten and six, the Eagles taking a step back because no division, no NFC team has won, no NFC East division team has won the division twice in a row since two thousand five. So nine and seven, the Redskins are eight and eight, 
By the way, who's the tight end on the Redskins? It's Jordan what? Reed. Jordan Reed. There you go. And I have the Giants at 4-12. and 12. Maybe 5-11. and 11. My two questions to you are, first, please tell me who wins the NFC East. Number two, please tell me – actually, I have three. Please tell me what week you believe Carson Wentz will start playing. I said week three. <coughs> and number three – what is the Gi- what's the Giants record this year? Oh, a lot better than four and twelve. Um, okay. I don't see the Cowboys at all. I, I don't. Um, they have the worst wideouts in the NFL. They're all I agree with that. So, which has been so good for so long. You know, you have Frederick who's injured. And we don't really know yes. what's going on. It's an autoimmune issue, so we don't know exactly what's going on. Zach Martin's injured. You have a bell cow in Elliott who's going to get the ball 3,000 times. But yep. if I'm defending Dallas under any circumstances, you're pretty much putting eight in the box and saying, beat me with Zach Prescott. Yep. Agreed. I don't love the defense. The defensive line, I love if, the defense. If, everyone, if everyone can stay healthy and not, not be put into, not be suspended for four games between Irving and Lawrence and, and Gregory, and if Jalen Smith can continue to play, who I know is your new man crush now that Ryan Trezier is, is retired or is at least out indefinitely, you know, Sean Lee is going to inevitably get hurt because he's, well, Sean Lee. But I don't love the fact four. And so I look at Dallas and I'm like, meh. I, to me, I have the Eagles at 10-6, and six. not overwhelming, not, but, but decent enough to win a division, which everyone else is pretty mediocre. I have the Giants at 8-8, eight and eight, Dallas at 7-9, and nine, the Redskins at 6-10. and 10. Um, I don't know what to make out of the Redskins, to be perfectly honest. The wide receivers could be great or they could be awful. You, nobody can tell. We don't know what their running game is. I, Alex Smith is a nice is a is a nice player and had a wonderful year last year, um, but I don't think he's going to be an improvement much of an improvement over Cousins. The defense does nothing for me. I look at the Giants and yeah, I mean, first of all, everything that could have gone wrong did last year. Let's call it what it was. When you lose your four, top four receivers in week three for the season, it's not going to go very well. Um, but they were going downhill regardless, and I don't dispute that. I like their offense better than I like anyone else's. And the, I like their offense better than I like Washington's or Dallas's. Their defense, I don't know. I, Collins has to be better. Vernon has to live up to the billing. I don't know what we'll get out of it. But that's why I have kind of a 7-9, 8-8 team. I think Philly's the only team that goes to the playoffs in that division. Okay. So let's talk Davis Webb now that we got to here. So you and I talked offline along with Nabate Isles, the esteemed Nabate Isles, who um, we, you were of the opinion that they should never have taken Saquon Barkley had they known that they were going to get to this predicament. My question is, back in April, maybe they didn't think they were going to get to this predicament, and he actually declined during camp. Not improved. Obviously didn't improve enough to, to impress them. They drafted a third-round pick, and they kept him instead. You obviously have a problem with the way that the Giants went about this. <laughs> here, is the, here is the issue that 
and then kind of go back and forth on it. I, I was I was more angry then than I am now. But here is my confusion. If you don't like any of the quarterbacks, which is distinctly possible, I didn't, the one I liked the most was Rosen, who went who was the last to be picked. I didn't love Darnold, you know that. I didn't love. I liked Mayfield as a guy. I I I didn't see any of them were worth the second pick. But my thought was, you're taking taking Barkley because Davis Webb is going to be your quarterback for the next ten years. There's a running back is a nice addition, but it's not a necessity. It's not a, it's not a necessity in this in this NFL. Now, Gettleman has said he thinks he's a Hall of Fame running back. And if he's a Hall of Fame running back, I guess that kind of supersedes it. But I, it's been hard. Eli, look, I'm a Giants fan, but I have no illusions about Eli. Eli is, a, is over the years, at his best, was a good quarterback. For the most part, maybe a slightly over average quarterback. Maybe. Um who was always making at least one ass nine play a game. Um, but now he's probably on, you know, I'm assuming last year was terrible. I'm assuming that he's not going to be significantly better this year. So, and the reason, the issue that I had was because you don't know you're going to draft Kyle Laurieta at the fourth round. You don't know that because it's prior to the draft. So what exactly is your end game with quarterback if Webb's not your end game with quarterback, why aren't you taking a Mason Rudolph in the third round? Why aren't you, or, or why? Why? I'm just, I'm just very confused on on the thought process. That they thought they were going to be able to pick up their quarterback for the next ten years somewhere on the free agent market. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. And look, I thought Barkley was one of the two best players in the draft, other than Nick, other than Bradley Chubb. So I have no problem with them getting him. But I would rather them. Tra- I just didn't. Un- I didn't understand the pro- thought process. If you need a quarterback to replace your 37-year-old QB, who has been down going downhill for the last five years, three years. If Webb is your guy, then please take Barkley. Go ahead. I like him more than any other quarterback. But I don't understand if Webb is not your backup, then how you can kind of flo- kind of let this flow by in in, in a quarterback-heavy draft. It just it doesn't Ladies make unless they like Lorietta that much, and they knew they could get him. I'm not sure. I don't get the thought process. Ladies and gentlemen, say it with me: the starting quarterback for the 2019 New York Football Giants, out of Delaware, Joe Flacco. No, no please. Come on, say it with me, ladies and gentlemen, because I really think. That might be Seth's worst football nightmare. Is Joe Flacco suiting up for his team after Eli gets cut? I would love this to happen. Anyway, let's move on to the NFC North since we can now, well, I can actually say both Seth and myself have picked the Jets to have a better record than the Giants again. Which, Actually, I didn't. I can't remember. Yeah, you did. You said the Jets, the Jets to be 8-8. Eight eight. Eight. I, that... go... I took the Giants to go 7-9, the Jets to go 7-9. Oh, okay. I thought you said the Jets go 8-8. Eight eight. Okay. Well, all right. I don't know the last time that the Jets had 
two, well, it was probably the Mark Sanchez years. The last time the Jets had two seasons where they were better than the Giants. Okay, NFC North, we're down to 15 minutes. NFC North, the, I have the Lions. Before the Kylie Mac, Khalil Mack trade, I had the Bears at 5-11. and 11. I now have swapped that with the Lions going 5-11 and 11, and the Bears going 7-9, and nine, a two-win increment over what I had them before. The Packers going 11-5, and five, and the Vikings going 12-4. and four. I have uh, pretty much the same order, both Chicago and Detroit going 6-10, and 10, uh, Green Bay at 9-7, and seven, uh, Minnesota 11-5. And, and don't take this wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I like what the Bears are doing. I really do. I, I like Treblinski. I just think it will take him a year or two to get himself set. They're going to have to go out and get a wide out at some point because Kevin White, well, he hasn't played more than three games in any year, so we'll see if that happens. And they, they just got uh, Allen Robinson, who, again, is coming off a torn ACL, and they signed him to a big year, big-term contract. Okay, the NFC South, where we have the Buccaneers. Here, here's another question for you. So I have the Buccaneers at 3-13. and 13. What is the over-under on games that Jameis Winston starts this year? Probably eight. Um, the, wow. the problem is, if you – because if they're out of it, if they're out of it by week twelve, they're not going to pick up. The, they're not going to pick up the fifth year on Winston, and Coder's out of a job. So the question is, right. their their backup is Ryan Fitzpatrick. What the hell's the difference yep. whether Ryan Fitzpatrick plays or Jameis Winston plays? Well, there's a big difference. You don't have, you don't have a rookie. Point. You don't have a rookie quarterback, as far as I know. Right. Okay. So so let's go back to when Robert Griffin the third was playing, and they just sat him the whole year, right, to play a guy that wasn't a rookie. They played Colt McCoy over Robert Griffin III. They played anybody over Robert Griffin III because if Robert Griffin III got hurt, they needed to pick up that $20 million, at the time it was $16 million contract. I think the over-under on Jamison Winston playing is – Two games starting. Two. I don't think they want him anymore. I really don't. I don't think they want this guy on this team anymore. I think they are done with his antics. I think they are ready to get rid of him. And they're going to shelter him much like, they, much like the Redskins did Robert Griffin. I don't now, think he gets more than two games. There's one big difference. Who is the coach of the Redskins when, when this happened? Mike Shanahan wasn't getting fired. Mike, Mike Shanahan, excuse me, Shanahan. Right. Shanahan wasn't getting fired. Dirk Coder is probably in a winner else position. And while I understand the thought process to bench him to avoid this, Dirk, the coach, cannot play for that. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the credibility to keep the team, to keep his job. Okay, Seth, winning... let me, we, we, we only got 12 minutes, but let me throw this scenario by you. If the Tampa Bay, and we looked at their schedule last week, if Tampa Bay is 1-6 in, 
does Derek Cotter even get to game eight? And if he doesn't get to game eight, and the, the front office, Jason Lick, puts a, a coach in there with the mandate that you have to play Fitzpatrick, Winston doesn't play. That's the end of him. Agreed. So he may only start two games, lose both games, and that's the end of him. He doesn't play again. That's my scenario. I think he has, Dirk Cotter is the first coach to get fired, and he gets fired around game eight or game nine and Fitzpatrick plays the rest of the year. Okay, so I have the Bucks at 2-14. and 14. The Panthers, who I really like Christian McCaffrey this year. I just don't like the rest of the team. 7-9. Uh, and nine. The Falcons at 11-5, and five, and the Saints at 11-5. and five. So, again, I got a tie. All right. Agree, Tampa, 4-12. and 12. Carolina, 9-7. and seven. Um, New Orleans, 10-6. and six. Atlanta eleven and five. Okay, so you have to have a team here. So you got a lot of wins in this division. A lot of wins. I do. So you gotta you gotta find a place where these losses come. And so well, far you don't have the any NFC East. You don't I have, do have any NFC North. Hold on, hold on, hold on. In the NFC East I have three te- I have one team at eight and eight, two teams under five hundred. In the right. NFC North, I have two teams under five hundred. Right, but and you have NFC two West. teams well over. Hold on, but you have two teams well over five hundred. So you're evening out the the east and and the and the north by putting Sean, two teams well over five hundred. If I if I could have time I, to pick I, all sixteen games for every team, I would have done it on a high level. Okay, this is just like it is okay. for you. So let's go. So let's go to the west. So the west, I have the Cardinals at five and eleven. How many games does Sam Bradford start before Josh Rosen's in? Six. Okay, I, I have a higher than that. I have eight. I think he might get hurt before that. But that was so that five was and, I don't think he I don't think he gets benched. I think he gets hurt. So five and eleven for the Cardinals. Seven and nine for the Redskins. Eleven and five. Oh, seven sorry, and nine for the Forty Niners. Wow. 49ers. I said the Redskins, but I meant the 49ers. 7-9 for the 49ers, 11-5 for the Rams, and 11-5 for the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks going, making the playoffs along with the Rams in a year that they're supposed to be rebuilding. I don't think they rebuild at all. Oh. Wow. I am not that optimistic. I have both San Francisco and Seattle 7-9 and the Rams at 11-5. Okay. So, all right, so playoff teams. In the NFC West, I have obviously the Rams, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Saints. Oh, I can't do that. Okay, I got the Cowboys in the East. I have the Packers and Vikings, the Falcons and Saints, and the Rams, and the Seahawks lose on a tiebreaker. So the Rams aren't making the, the, the Seahawks. Wait, who's not making the playoffs? The Seahawks or the Rams? The Seahawks are not making the playoffs on a tiebreaker. At 11 and 5? I have a lot of 11 and 5 teams, dude. I got the Cowboys have worried? to make it. Cowboys have to make it. The Packers are 12 and 4, and the Vikings, sorry, the Vikings are 12 and 4, the Packers are 11 and 5. I got both the Saints and the Falcons at 11 and 5. And then I got the Rams and the Seahawks at 11 and 5. 
I got a lot, of, a lot of eleven and five teams. Now, luckily, you have Tampa at two and fourteen. Well, I also have the Giants at four and twelve. There you go. So, okay, so those are my playoff teams. Who do you have in the? So, in the East, you have the Eagles. Yep. In the North, you have you have both the Packers, Green Bay, Minnesota, Green Bay. Uh, in the South. Um, I have Atlanta, New Orleans. And then in the West, you have just the Rams. Yep. Okay, so the only difference that we have in our – the only difference we have is I have the Cowboys in the East and you have the Eagles in the East. Okay, so – No, because you also have uh, – oh, you don't have the Seahawks making it, so. No, I don't have the Seahawks okay. making it. So my, my um, seedings are the Vikings number one, the Rams – Sorry, the Rams number two, the uh, Falcons number three, the Cowboys number four, the Packers number five, and the Saints number six. Okay. So the wild card I have is the, hold on, I have the Saints and the Rams. So I have the Saints over the Rams, six over three. I don't think the Rams get out of the first round. And then I have the uh, Packers over the Cowboys. You so changed both order. Wild card. You had the, you had the Falcons. No, I didn't. The Rams I, number two. You had the Falcons at number three. Oh, I thought I had the Falcons at number three. Okay. I have both underdogs winning, so I have both the Cow- so I have the Saints and the Packers in the winning the wild card over any of those teams. Okay. <laughs> Six and a five. So what do you have in the wild card? Okay. Um, Green Bay is the six. New Orleans is the five. Dallas, I agree, is the four. Atlanta is the three. The Rams are the two. And Minnesota is, uh, Rams are, uh, Minnesota is the two. And the Rams are the one. Okay. So I have New Orleans over the – New Orleans over the oh, – I have the pa- – excuse me, the pa- – I have New Orleans over Dallas, and I have uh, I have Atlanta over Green Bay. Okay, so I have Minnesota over the Saints, as Minnesota is the one seed. Uh, the two seed is the Falcons over the Packer uh, Falcons over the Packers as the five, and then the championship I have Minnesota over the Falcons. And the one seed God makes it. it. Yeah, I have the same as you, which is why it's annoying. Um, okay, I'll so switch let's, it around. Let's, okay. <laughs> no, I'll, just, I'll stick with what I got. Uh, no, I have okay, the same. So we I have go the, Atlanta. So we got to go to the AFC quickly. I have the number one seed is the Patriots. The number two is the Steelers. The number three is the Texans. The number four is the Chargers. The number five is the Jaguars. The number six is the Bengals. So, seeing that, hold on, I had this somewhere. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five. Yep. So I have the ja- the Jaguars being the five seed over the Chargers, and I have the Texans over the Bengals. So then I have the Steelers over the Jaguars, 
and the Texans over the Patriots. And then I have the Steelers over the Texans. So Steelers, so I have the Steelers in Minnesota in the Super Bowl. Rematch of Super Bowl 12. I think it's Super Bowl 12. Maybe it was Super Bowl 8. Um, okay. I have, I agree, New England 1, Pittsburgh 2, San, Di- San Diego 3. Um, what division am I missing here? Uh, oh, Texans 4. Uh, and then I have Jacksonville 5. And who is my 6? My 6 is Kansas. My 6 is Kansas City. I have San Diego over Jackson, over Kansas City, Jacksonville over Houston, New England over Jacksonville, San Diego over Pittsburgh, and then San Diego over New England. Okay, and I have Minnesota over Pittsburgh in the in the uh, Super Bowl. I have San Diego over Pittsburgh. San Diego over Minnesota. Okay. Who is your MVP of the of the NFL? Philip Rivers. Interesting. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins. Uh, I don't think it's that hard of a, a pick. I think he has the most pressure on him of any quarterback in the NFL. I think Roethlisberger will be a close second. Uh, my rookie of the year, as I said, was Sam Darnold. And yours? Offensive is Saquon. And defensive? Bradley Chubb. That's who I have as well. And your coach of the year? Anthony Lynn. Okay. And mine is Mike Zimmer. Uh, That makes a whole lot of sense. Give Give me your one surprise prediction this year. And then we'll log off. Um, Mike Tomlin's fired after the season. So Mike Tomlin, to you, makes the playoffs, and he he wins his first game, right? So he makes it to the at least the divisional playoffs. Yep. And so he gets fired after the year. Okay. But he again, doesn't make it to the championship again. game. And we've seen this so many times okay. over the years. So, Okay, so my prediction is, I think I said this before, that Jamison Winston starts under four games um, and then gets benched, and that's the end of it. And, and Dirk Cotter is the first coach fired uh, by the eighth game, and I don't think that that would be too hard of a stretch because Tampa Bay is really looking to get out from that, that, re- that regime. I think that's it. Okay, so next week we will go over all of our picks, see how we're doing at least in the first week. We'll, we'll go through our fantasy league, which is tomorrow night. For Seth Kamins, this has been Sean Palmer and Jay Kamins, who's still awake. Or that's Morgan, no, that's, one of the no, two. That's me, that's me burping Morgan. <laughs> oh, Morgan, Morgan Kamins. Backsportspage.com, Blog Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Good luck in your drafts. Talk to you next week.